There's something I want to remind every parent here. I want to say first off to each and every one of you, thank you for investing in your children and sending them and sending them to camp. Because there are two things that are vital that you have to understand really for young people that are, gives an opportunity for God to work in a special way and to pull them away from the norm and all the distractions. One of the things I love about camp is, kids, we didn't have our phones, did we? Put the phones in, phones are gone during the week. It's all about God. That's awesome. No distractions. And none of you missed it in the end. Just everybody's phone's gone. It's all about God, having fun while we're here. And God just moved in a powerful way. There's two. One is... I'll tell you, the first one is youth camps, because there's encounters at youth camps, as we saw this week. The other one is missions trips. So if you ever get an opportunity to send your young person on a missions trip, do that as well. So I know, and that's something in the old days, if you don't know, that's something that Pastor Ben and I did back in the day, taking teams on missions trips, traveling around Latin America, reaching people, making an impact. But this week was awesome, because one of the things I love about youth camps is, it's, it's kind of like this when you first start off. Normally, normally a youth camp, when you first start off with a youth camp, it's like kind of really tough. And it's like, all right, we got to work past all the junk a little bit and kind of get in the zone. And it's like, hmm, okay, hey, we're, we're working past that. All right, we got to get there for God to really touch the hearts. But something amazing happened the first night is we had breakthrough right off the first night, didn't we? It was like hearts opened up and all of a sudden, boom, breakthrough. It was so powerful. Some things, even when you hear the young people, I know that one had mentioned the first night, the love of God just came. And it was like he was just pouring out his love. And then young people are just weeping and experience his love. Nobody's praying over them. We're just all there seeking God and God just pouring his love. And young people are weeping. The presence of the Lord just came down. And he's just wrapping his arms around young people. I love you. I've got a destiny for you. I've got a plan for you. And young people are just weeping. And it was all the Holy Spirit. Beautiful encounters. You're investing in encounters when you send your young people up there. And when God marked the hearts of the young people, marked your heart, you won't forget that for life. That's something the rest of their lives, every young person there, there's those moments. We've all had those as adults. You know those moments where you're in a service or you were praying somewhere or somehow, and God just came down and he just touched you. And he just marked you and he spoke to you. And it was a divine moment that you remember and you'll never forget. That's what we had this week. It was awesome. To God be all the glory. Amen. God is awesome. So make sure also to you take the opportunity as well as youth camps Send your young people on missions trips. Because what happens on missions trips is at youth camp, you get the distractions out of the way, and there's those encounters, those special moments. But on youth trips, that's actually on, a mission, on an actual missions trip, is where you'll get out there, and then they get the opportunity. One of the things I'd always watch happen is that the young people, you tell them, okay, now we're going to activate you. We're going to send you out. We're telling you, Jesus said in his name, you'll see miracles. Now you've got the Lord. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's go. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Come on, let's do this. So you cut them loose. And it kind of works like this. You get out there the first night, you're praying for the sick, things are happening, you got the young people praying for the sick, and they're down there, and they're like, have somebody who's deaf who comes up, and they're like, oh, in the name of Jesus, and they're praying, and then all of a sudden, Jesus opens up deaf ears. And those young people, those youth are like, what? And the next day, they're like, whoa, we're, we're down there, we pray for this guy, and you understand, man, the deaf ears, all he could hear. Or they're down there like, there, there's a group of us, and we went down, and they were in the wheelchair, and, and she couldn't walk, and we like prayed for her in the name of Jesus, and she got up and walked in Jesus' name, and they're like, oh, the scriptures are real, he's alive! <laughs> Woo. Make sure you send your young people on missions trips too. Praise God.
Well, as we get started today, we're going to have some fun today and get into the Word, following up youth camp. It was such a great week, and I'm excited because what an honor to be here at the time when we're in the new building. We're in the new building. God's doing something so powerful. Amen. Isn't this beautiful? Isn't this awesome? Well, it's beautiful. You'll get more claps when the coffee is back up next week. How does that? Oh, praise God. Hey, if, that, if that's our biggest struggle, first world problems, right? I'm going to coffee back there. We're so blessed in America. Praise God. Well, once again, as we get started today, I really want to start off here and talk about, as we're here, Vita's new net, Vita's bigger net. We're in a bigger net. God has placed you here and positioned you for such a time as this. We're going to be reading the scriptures today in Luke chapter 5. Starting in verse 1, and first let's just start off in prayer. Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father. What an honor this week for everything you did in every young person's life, Lord. We thank you and praise you, Jesus. You are awesome. You came and visited us. We thank you, Lord, continue to work in each and every young person's life. And we ask you, Lord, that fire, Lord, that you did in us, Lord. Bring that back. Touch every adult here today, Lord. We ask you this message, Lord, positioning us for this day, this age, Lord, right now, Lord God, for Vita and for their destiny, Lord. We ask you, Lord, as we bring your word, come, Lord. Heal the sick, change lives, stir us up, set us on fire. All for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we're going to start off here talking about Vita's bigger net. And as we kick off here in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, we see it says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake. And there was fishermen who had gone from there washing their nets. And so he got into one of the boats. He goes out and times and he asked them to put out a little in the land. And then he taught the multitudes from the boat. So here is Jesus is out there teaching. He's in the boat. He's with fishermen. Then he stops speaking and he says to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. And they had done this and they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. And I'm just going to actually kind of come down here. It says, then actually, let's read verse 7. So they signaled to their partners, the other boat, and they came and helped them because there was so much, so many fish. Because the boats then, they began to sink. So it was such this huge increase, this huge catch. But an interesting thing is, so they're all blown away. They're fishermen. They're blown away. They're like, wow, how did this happen? How did this miracle take place here? And Jesus comes down in verse 10, and he says something interesting. He says to all of these men, he says, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. Do not be afraid for now and catch men. So the first thing he did is he worked a miracle in their very field and what they knew. Their eyes were open. They're like, wow, we are fishermen. And they get this net-breaking increase. But then he brings the example and says, fishing is just like evangelism. Catch this. Fishing is like evangelism. And when you understand that Jesus likened evangelism to fishing, you'll understand a lot of things about evangelism in the world and how one of the things, how you can shift and move just understanding fishing. Anybody a fisherman here? Anybody like to fish? Okay, got a few hands going up. All right, I know you got to go out and go work a little bit, go find somewhere to fish in Arizona. But, you know, we have some that, that like to fish. And so the first thing I want to talk about here as we liken this, number one, is I love it because as Pastor Ben was sharing right here, is number one is your breakthrough is the beginning of their breakthrough. And that was what we read today during the offering. You know, man, our breakthrough so others will break through. And, you know, your breakthrough is so others will break through. And so this is something so powerful. Jesus sets you free so you'll set others free. 
And it's so simple, but it's something that we oftentimes miss, that your testimony is so powerful. Your testimony is so powerful. And one of the things that the devil wants to lie a lot of us and not have us share our testimony. When you get the opportunity, there's nothing better you can share. When you're with someone and then they're going through what you've gone through, God's given you an opportunity. An opportunity to share. Now, it doesn't mean you share testimony with everyone, but there's opportunities that you need to let that shine, especially in evangelism. There's an opportunity. It's like, oh, man, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. And you get into that. And it was awesome because yesterday I was with my kids and we were going out to eat with a couple. And years ago, used to preach, even decades ago, youth camps here in Arizona, up in Prescott, other places. And the couple was telling me, our kids' lives were changed when you were at a youth camp and you shared your testimony. They came back on fire. What caught me about yesterday is they said, your testimony. And I thought, really? That? They said, yeah, they came back. And, of course, the Holy Spirit moved and all of that. But the point is, my testimony, what God had brought me through sharing as a young person, touched their hearts, and they went in all in on God. And they're like, yeah, let's go. So understand that, that your personal breakthrough is also that breakthrough for others. So, so powerful. Even as we saw, as they were sharing yesterday here, that all the impact that God made at that youth camp years ago, and it set their kids on a path. And, you know, it's interesting because as we get older, I was telling Pastor Ben and Pastor Kara, I was sharing with them, just it's interesting because now I look back at the years and even the power of youth camps in these times and mission trip, those that were called to ministry, those are doing serving God today, man, from a youth camp, man, just out there sharing, and now they're serving God, walking with the Lord. So powerful. Your breakthrough is the beginning of their breakthrough. Net-breaking increase for others. So, so powerful that we understand that we have been set free to set others free. Now, let's talk a little bit about fishing as we get into this. Because one of the things about fishing is, number two, is that bait changes in fishing. Bait change. If you've ever gone fishing, sometimes the fish just aren't eating that bait. You know, you throw the bait out and it's like... Man, they're just not biting. They're not biting. The fish aren't biting. So if you're out with a fisherman, what are you going to do? You're going to change your bait. And so I remember, you know, years ago, and there's a special way you fish. I remember years ago, as a young person, I'm down there in Mexico. Man, we're down there in Cabo, and we're out there. My dad's out, and we're fishing for marlin. And I remember, what an experience. Well, you put massive fish when you're fishing for a big fish like that. It's not like I'm used to where you throw worms on as a kid. You throw the little worms on. We're going to catch. We're like, we're going after big fish. So <laughs> they're grabbing out there, and they're dropping big, these big old fish here as the bait to catch this marlin. And I remember when I got on, we got a marlin on the hook. So they get me in there and they sit me in the chair. My dad's like, all right, you take the first one. They sit me in the chair. And I'm like 40 minutes of sweating up and down. If the, belt, the boat didn't help me out, at one point I was so exhausted. I'm a young man. I'm a teenager. I turned to my dad and said, dad, you take it. Yeah, I'm ready. I was pulling that fish in with everything I got. I'm done. And he says, no, this is all yours, son. Keep going. I'm thinking, I don't know if I have any more. I ended up bringing in that fish like a 400-pound marlin. Awesome, man. It just looked, but the bait was entirely different for that fish. I want to read with you 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. And I become, Apostle Paul said, all things to all people that I might win some. Now, this is so powerful because different bait does work for different fish. And this applies to evangelism. This applies to right now in this time being willing. Because a lot of what we do today is digital evangelism. And so I remember the days of actually going out and knocking on doors and witnessing and going that. Anybody remember those days? Yeah, you're going out there. Yeah, a few of us here. I remember going out and knocking on doors with the witness. And you could still do that today. 
But what's so powerful is today, you can go now actually right on somebody's phone and you can reach everybody in this area, knock on the door, right? So I remember as we began to first start doing this digital evangelism, we were helping a church launch a campus. When we launched the new campus, I remember we did all of the ads and created all of the ads and all of the promotions, everything to go reach. What were we doing? We were creating the bait, everything to catch. What would start the conversation? Who do you want to reach? You want to reach young families? So we created all this conversation in the city, and we were reaching out, man, on social platforms. And everyone was talking about that church in the area because the ads were bringing in the conversation. And I remember being in the place as it, you know, when the church had launched and out there I was talking to a man who had come up to me. And I like to ask people because we're doing evangelism. We're fishing, right? We're fishing. And I said, how did you hear about the church? And he says, oh, yeah, well, I saw that ad on social media and I watched it and I said, I want to go there. And I said, really? And I said, yeah, what happened after this? And this, then he's telling me, he says, well, this is what took place. Because actually this was a few weeks after they had launched and gone. He says, yeah, I came myself the first week. He said, I grew up in church, walked away from God. I saw that ad, caught that bait, came in, gave my life back to Christ. Then I brought into my wife who was an atheist. She got saved. All of our kids got saved. The whole family came to Christ. Woo, praise God. Praise God. See, it started digital, then it became physical, and then they became part of the family there, growing and thriving. And we live in a fidgetal world. Somebody say fidgetal. That doesn't even sound right, does it? Physical and digital. So understand that we, the same day we go into Walmart, we also go and order something on Amazon. We live in that world. So bait, we're reaching people. And the reason I mention this is that now's the time to fish for Vita. Now's the time for Vita to be out there fishing. Time for you to start fishing like never before because God has expanded and given you room right now. And some of you need to get used to that extra space around you. Yeah, I remember at the old building, man, there's some times I was preaching over there and like, you got all jammed up. I was like, whoo, man, everybody all jammed up. There were some times we were in there and who knows, remember, what a lot of room. You know, you're trying to fight in there, get some room a lot of times at 9 a.m. So enjoy that room next to you because all of this is to reach more people for Christ. Amen. Have you, have you received an encounter from the Lord? Have you been touched from the Lord at Vita? What this is all about, this new building, is now the opportunity to go reach more people that their lives can be changed just like you've been changed here. Your breakthrough is for others' breakthrough. We see here so powerful, so we catch this. Knocking doors. The third area is that catching fish requires movement. Oh, here's the good one. So let me tell you a little story about fishing. My dad's a fisherman, loves to fish, and he's a fly fisherman. If you've ever seen fly fishermen, they're putting on there and they're whipping down the fly. So we go down to the Arkansas River. I go down with my dad, and he hires a really good guide, like, a, you know, one of those pro fishing guides. It's like, I'm like, ooh, it's like one of those fishing shows, you know? I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So we're out there. I'm not very good. So he's showing mercy on me. He's showing me how to fly fish, showing me how to change my bait. And one of the things I found interesting about the guy is we show up and he starts us out on one part of the river. And this is like a professional part of Arkansas River. They're catching, you know, just amazing fish. It's just a beautiful area. So we got this one of the top guides and we're starting at one area of the river. And he is just teaching me how to fish. So my dad, we're not catching anything. We're like moving down. He's going a couple shots. We're going and he's like keeping us moving in the boat while we're fishing. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And then he's like, they're not biting over here. Let's go over here in the river. And all the time we're cruising down the river and I'm like, 
passing all these people fishing. They've like dropped anchor. They're fishing out of the boat. And he's like, yeah, you see those people are not going to catch anything. Really? Okay. You see those people are not going to catch anything. And he's like, yeah, these people don't know what they're doing. The pro fishermen, you understand, they're not biting here. They're not biting here. Let's go over there. And what do you know? He took us to another spot. We're biting. Then he took us to another spot. Then all of a sudden, it was like they're biting. And it was like, whoa, we're catching fish. Everything's alive. But the whole day, he had us moving. The whole day, he had us going. He was shifting. It's not happening here. Let's move over there. If some of us will learn with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's shifting us, making moves. We're making Follow him. Follow the Lord. We're making that shift right here. He's like, all right. That applies for your life, also applies for evangelism. Here he's, he's like, oh, make that move. He's like, all right, Vita, I want you to move into that new building. I want you to make that move because I got some big net for you. I'm ready to add some increase. That encounter you got, I want others to encounter it. So make the move with me. And I saw all kinds of people serving to get in this house. Give them a hand once again. Everybody works so hard to get in this hand. Thank you, guys. And all of it was with purpose. All of it is to catch more fish. Jesus said, you'll catch men. All of it is for that room next to you, is for those people out there that are hurting. Fishing requires movement. So here we are. We're moving, man, and we're going. And that whole day, and we learned to catch fish because we got a great guide telling us, move. You got to keep moving. That means that, man, with evangelism, you have to be willing. Sometimes you get out there and understand that some bait catches one fish and one catches another. That's okay, right? You throw some out, and man, all of a sudden, family comes in, then another family comes in, but it's all about changing lives. Now, I want to talk about here some action steps for you today here at Vita. Some action steps here for Vita's net-breaking increase and impact. Because we know we are here with purpose today to reach more people for Christ. So let's talk about what you can do to see more increase and lives change. I know you've got the heart. I know you're here. We want to see people saved. We want to see this city change. We want to see the valley come to Christ. We want to see Arizona come to Christ. The nation's touch as well as our nation. It starts with number one, pray. Number one, pray. That's the first action step. God now has positioned you. Vita's in this place. And now one of the first things we need to do is pray and continue to pray. I know this is a praying church, but you need to continue to pray. And pray specifically, man, for souls to be saved. We see here in Luke chapter 11, verse 5, Jesus tells a story. He says, then teaching more about prayer, he used a story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing to eat. Suppose he calls out of his bedroom. Don't bother me. The door is locked. But you just, you, you just keep knocking. He's like, I'm sleeping, man. Come on. You just keep knocking. And finally, it says, but I tell you this, he won't come for his friendship's sake, but because you keep knocking, because you keep knocking, he's going to get up because of your shameless persistence. This is a story about intercession. This is a story about standing in the gap. And I love how it was mentioned, you know, today during communion, how brother just mentioned that once again, Jesus stood in the gap. In the same way now, Jesus stood in the gap for us. Now Jesus is looking for where are the believers that will now pray and stand in the gap for lost relatives and friends and neighbors and be willing to say, hey, God, 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 hey, God. Don't forget about Mesa, Lord. Hey, don't forget about my neighbor. Don't forget about my daughter. Don't forget about my son. 
seen so many young people come back to the Lord. People saying, because their parents didn't give up. That was my story. My dad was praying out there, weeping, you know, when I was young, crying out. And guess what? I came back to the Lord because of that. We need to pray. We go to a very uh, large church that's our home church back where we're at. And, you know, you oftentimes you, you see where they're at today. And you miss the fact that decades ago this was started. Now 40 years ago, not just decades, 40 years ago it was started by the father. of Now the son has the church. And I walked in a room. My dad goes to a prayer meeting on Saturday mornings. Walked in a room, and you see this church with thousands, and you think, okay, wow, oh, this is awesome, right, all this. But you miss what happened to make that happen. How did the nets get so big? How did that take place? And I walked back into this room. They have a prayer room that's all dedicated to prayer. So you walk back into the prayer room, and the awesome thing about this prayer room is that on Saturday morning, it was all men. There's a group of men, like, I mean, just crazy, right? You've got a group of 60, 70 guys that have showed up just to pray. And they're crying out to heaven for the city and for the church. I mean, this is the minute church. They're like, Lord, send the fire in the city. Save the lost Lord God. Show up. They're praying in tongues. They're crying out to God. They're praying. They're getting on their knees. They're weeping. They're praying for the pastors. They're building up the pastors. They're like, Lord, come down. And I'm standing in this room, and I'm going, this is why this net's so big. Look at this, because they build, understand, it's one of the foundations is prayer. They're praying continually, Lord, save the city, save the lost, move here, Lord God, bring revival, Lord, in the church. Oh, stop, and they're praying and crying out. And then there was other times when women came in and other groups, but I just happened, you know, I'll go to the men's group and go in there with my father, and just, it's awesome to see these men crying out to God. And they have a prayer room that's used throughout the week for prayer. Power of prayer, one of the first things we need to do is we need to pray for Vita's net-breaking increase in impact, we need to pray for the lost to be saved. We need to pray for revival. We need to continue knocking on him. To, Lord, we're thankful at Vita for what you did at the last building. We're thank you for that net, but Lord, we're asking you for more, Lord. We're asking you for more. We're not satisfied here at Vita, Lord. We want more. Save more. Change more lives, Lord. Just like you did mine. Prayer. That's number one. Number two is give. It's so powerful that we see understanding give, and we see here with giving, and actually we're here in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, it says, but how shall they call on him who they saved, uh, on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how should they believe in him if they've never heard him? And how can they hear from them unless someone tells them? This is powerful description. And then it says, how will anyone go tell them without being sent? The scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of them and who bring good news. This is so powerful. So we see here understanding that we now, there are those that for somebody to hear, somebody has to speak to them and tell them about Jesus. And for someone to tell them about Jesus, somebody has to go. Somebody has to share. Somebody has to do action. Well, this is a house right here where people are saved, and there's two sides to that. You have to understand that you are either a goer or you're a sender. One or the other. So it's like right there. And going in in life, you're a little bit of both. Let you know. Just help you out. If you're like, oh, I just fall into one, right? I can just give. I don't have to share. No, the truth is actually you're both. But the key is understanding that is that I love how Pastor Ben was talking about offerings. Because there's your tithe and there's offerings. There's giving into. When Pastor Ben's sharing about, oh, hey, like I'm sure we're sharing. We need sound system. or need things to get in here. When you were sowing into this house and into this move, you were sowing into souls. You were sowing into lives changed. You were sowing into a net, a place where people could find and encounter Jesus Christ. 
encounter the Holy Spirit, and their life could be changed. So one of the things you can continue to do is to pray and to give and to sow. Sowing specifically, how can we reach people? How can we impact more people? What can we do? Is pastor sharing? Amen. Yes. Praise God. Is it giving to lives being touched and changed? The power of your giving. You know, there's so many people. You need to realize that, that every testimony of every young person that shares up here today, every time you see a testimony of the church, every time there's a life changed, sometimes you need to realize some of these areas and just think, wow, we miss the fact that it's your heart. Your prayers, your giving, all of these things are part of that testimony. That's what it's telling us here in Romans. That here, that there's so many parts to the gospel going forth. There's them hearing, there's somebody speaking, and then there also, too, is somebody sending. You know, all of us together, the body of Christ here at Vita, share in every life touch and change in the house. Amen. Every testimony, young people, you share in all of that. The third area that we see here for action, for action, is to invite. To invite. Jesus says, but when you give a, when you give a feast... Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Luke chapter 4, verse 13. Jesus said when you give a feast, every Sunday at Vita is a feast. <laughs> Woo! Every Sunday is a feast. Come on. I, I was celebrating last week. I was hearing Pastor Ben preach. I'm like, come on now. Woo! And man, that teaching gift come up. I'm like, yeah. Woo! Man, stuff just come out. I'm loving it. It's a feast. He's bringing forth the word, and it's just rich and good. I know every guest minister you have, everyone else. What is it? It's the Holy Ghost and the word coming, man. It's a feast, God moving and touching hearts. So we understand Jesus is telling us, hey, man, you have a feast. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. He's saying invite the hurting. Invite those in need. Invite those in need. Now that we're in the new house, you need to look and ask yourself, who could I invite? Who can I bring out? Who can I bring out here to the house and see their life touched and changed? You know, I know we were in uh, Virginia oh, some years back here. And it's in Virginia. And we're out on the streets and I'm inviting people. And I remember we'd come to one lady and she just really struggling. We're out on the street. And I mean, she just, you could see the defeat all over her. You know, sometimes you see people and you can just tell the defeat. There's no joy. There's no life. And so I had caught a hold of her and I just said, hey, we had some flyers actually. I love this. See, fidgetal. I was talking about digital invitation. Now I'm talking about a physical invitation. We need to do both. So now I walk up to this woman, and I said, hey, you know what? would love to invite you out tomorrow to the service. Hand her this flyer. Invite her out. And do you know that here I am, I actually was speaking at the church. The woman shows up at the church. And we had invited many people, but she shows up, and she's in the church. She comes down to the altar, the altar call. She prays. She gives her heart to Jesus. She's sharing her story. And come to find out she was suicidal. She was already planning how to kill herself. She told her story later. She's planning how to kill herself, how to end her life, how to get rid of everything. But that invitation was a turning point for her. Here we are. Imagine that. We're out there, just a simple invitation that might seem so little for you and I. Jesus said, invite the hurting, right? Invite them out. You're having a feast, invite them out. We know this is life-changing, that God will change you here. He'll transform you. So 
Invite her out, and now she's telling this story. And then I, the powerful thing, what I really love, is it's one thing when you hear the testimony that Sunday, but I love it. I come back now, a year later, she's still there thriving, full of joy. Come back a year later, still in the community thriving. And each time I come back, she'd come grab me. She'd be like, Clint, thank you so much. I gotta tell you about my life now. And, and it also just what God is doing in her life. And she's sharing. And she says, man, that was such a turning point in my life. And so full of joy. What did she find? Community. She found family. She found Christ, first of all. And then she found community. One of the things I love about Vita, getting to know you guys, is it's community. It's community. This is a place where it's relationship with God and also relationship with each other. There's a community here. And that's so beautiful because when I came back, I realized she came to Christ and then she became part of the community, the house of God, the church of God. And so we see that in your life. You have to think about these three areas, really looking at now. Now that God has you here today in this place, I want you to really ask yourself, number one, praying, who can we pray for? Next is, you know, continuing to give. What can I give into? Maybe, pastor, there's some projects. There's some things coming up specifically towards evangelism or toward the house to that net. But God has given you a bigger net in this house to impact others. He's given you a bigger net, and he's saying, all right, I positioned you here to reach more people, more families for Christ. So, and lastly, who could you invite? Who could you invite out into the house? Neighbors, friends, the hurting Maybe just lifting up your eyes. Jesus, when he was looking out the harvest, he said, lift up your eyes, look in the fields, it's ready for harvest. It's easy to just get busy in life. Life's been, we live in a crazy, it's, whether it's the distractions on your phone, it's the problems of life, things going on. It's easy to get distracted and miss some of the things that they're hurting people around you. Maybe somebody at work that you're like, oh yeah, you were talking about that defeat. I know I work with so-and-so. Every time I see him, it's like full defeat. Their life is a mess. Maybe just stopping and give them an invitation. Hey, you know, would you like to come to church with me on Sunday? Would you like to come? I, I mean, I got this amazing place. Hey, come on out. Just giving them an invite, power invite. Man, your job, let the Holy Spirit work. You don't have to save them. You don't have to save them. All you got to do is give an opportunity for God to move in their life. That's the thing I love about evangelism, and especially relational evangelism. It's just, you know, all you got to do is look for those moments. When those moments are, you can reach out. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, just like you're sensitive in this house. They look for the moment where, hey, who can I reach out to? Or maybe your neighbor, maybe someone you see, maybe a family member, somebody who just needs to be touched and reach. Invite them out so that God can touch them and God can move in their life. 